I'm ready. You're ready. Well, welcome to the studio corner, Kate. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Kate Leo. Yes. Your full name. Yes. I like well, it. Well, Caitlin Michelle Leo is my full name. Whoa. For all of those identity thieves out there. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Um, so right off the bat, if I asked you, what do you do? What would you, what would you tell me? A uh, random stranger comes on the street, tells you, or looks at you and says, what do you do? I get asked this a lot at work as a server. Um, because people are always like, what do you do outside of Pierre? You're not just a server. I, I say I'm a musician. Okay. Yeah. Do they ever ask uh, in more detail? Usually. Uh, if they're asking play, to begin with. Right, exactly. Um, I always say I play violin, guitar, and ukulele. Jesus. And that ukulele is my main gig right now. And that I've been a vocalist my whole life. Um, singing, I think it's interesting that I don't say I'm a singer first because I, I, I am. I mean, that's my strongest instrument, yeah. I think. It's what's come most naturally to me. I always, I, I played violin growing up because I loved it, but I learned guitar to accompany my singing. Yeah. Same thing with ukulele, even though I love the ukulele. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember we, uh, we played a show together. Yes. I, I um, I walked in, you know, and I saw this girl with the ukulele by herself on stage. And I'm like, okay, I haven't seen this in a long time. Mm. And you freaking killed it. Thank you. I loved it. it Thank you. That was a stressful week for me. Uh, <laughs> I had released a music video and I was moving at the same time. And playing it, a show in Hollywood. <laughs> yeah, it was all. A very hectic it was, show. Yeah, like it was a little hectic. Yeah, that, that company is a. I love working with them and I, but uh, Yeah. No, I it's, I. it's very organized, but it's also like it's a huge time commitment. They yeah, yeah you the have to kind of like show up super early, yeah, stuff. yeah, all that stuff. And I appreciate it, but I also am like, ah. <laughs> well, it's also. It was hard to like grow with them. Mm. I, d I did a year with them. Okay. Like once a month, I, did, I gave them a year. Oh and wow, I, okay. And I kept you know pushing for like you know better spots because I was bringing bigger crowds, mm -hmm, doing a better mm -hmm. job on stage and whatnot, and like there was just no room for growth or room for to do something better. And I was just like. You know, I can't keep inviting people to drive all the way to L.A. from all these different parts. Right, right, right. paying for the ticket sales and all stuff for a 30-minute set, so. And you always play solo? Yeah. Or with right them, now. you did? Yeah, with um, them, did, yeah. Yeah, I, I used to play with, or I first booked through them with a band a couple years ago when I first moved out here and uh, kind of kept up the relationship, but that was my first show back with them solo, I think. Yeah. And I've only done one other one since then with but them? yeah because of the ticket sales it's like it's yeah it's, it's since a little I, rough. Once, once yeah once i got out of the bands i i was in this band that they always did these the the um bringer shows right okay comedians talk about this too but like where you have to bring us you have to sell 15 tickets or you don't play, play. and yeah exactly and that's kind of what what this show was that we did but they throw in like the photographer and like the, there are a lot of perks around it too so you're like Okay, well, if I don't sell the tickets, at least I'm getting some badass shots of my set. And yeah, like, they were really good. Yeah, they were really shots. good. <laughs> um, I mean, they were really kind and really good, and I love yeah, the guys. Yeah, great energies. But, light, um, yeah. I mean, I even asked them for, like, you know, better spots, and this and mm -hmm, that. I was like, mm -hmm. hey, guys. And after a year, I thought I developed a better relationship <laughs> so they could see that. And, you know, like I said, there wasn't any room for growth. But um, I actually told them I was, like, uh, I'm actually stepping away from live performing for a little bit, you know, working on some other stuff, yeah. studio stuff, this stuff. <laughs> right, uh, right. And I got a response saying, oh, that's great. You know, contact us if you're interested. And I've received 
emails, calls, text messages about booking gigs since then. I'm just yeah. kind of like, guys. I, I'd, I'd rather stay on their list and just say no every time because yeah. they don't care. They just blast that out to every single person they know. Yeah, that he's always on his phone, just blasting it out. Yeah, yeah. He's a good guy. It's, it's nice to have a yeah, promoter now. Totally. Like yes, that. exactly. exactly. And he that. just shows in San Diego, which is cool if and you want to like, expand. Yeah, yeah, that's he's, awesome. He's killing it. He's, yeah. You, you, I, I talked to him at one of the shows and he said he started homeless in his car. You did tell me this. Yeah, yes, when homeless. you came down to Venice and we had our little... Little walkthrough. Yes, our little walk and talk. Um, so the ukulele. Yes. What drew you to that? Um, what drew me to the ukulele? I mean, violin, singer, yeah. guitar player, and then bam, ukulele out of nowhere. I think... I So... <laughs> I remember, I feel like ever since I was a little kid, I always knew I really wanted to be a performer. Like, that's what I wanted to do. And uh, my brothers and I all would perform together constantly. Like, my both my brothers are multi-instrumentalists and singers. Hell yeah. And, um, Family band. We, yeah, the Leo Trio. Really? I love that. <laughs> yes. Oh, my goodness. That we have a, a Facebook band page. <laughs> <laughs> um, we haven't recorded anything in a while, but, uh, like, we sang at my grandma's 90th birthday party last year, and... Anyway, but uh, <laughs> I miss them a lot. But uh, so I grew up doing that kind of stuff. And but my brother Aaron was always the one that got like the guitar for Christmas or yeah. he got a ukulele for Christmas one year. And this was after I, I think it was when I was in college when he got the ukulele, because after he got the guitar the one year. I think I asked for a guitar the next year. I was like, come on, like. Aaron's, Aaron's, too, yeah. Aaron's studying engineering. Like, like <laughs> I'm I the one in this. theater. Like, I want to play guitar. Um, and in college, my friend Chris and I switched. I taught him violin, and he taught me guitar. So, like, it's my a pretty good trade off. It was a good trade off. Uh, it was fun. It was. I I got the easier <laughs> end of that for yeah. sure. <laughs> like, you can't learn the violin in a couple of months. It's really hard. Um, but or at least learn to be good at it. You can do it, but it won't <laughs> sound good. <laughs> Uh, but I, yeah, I think Aaron got the ukulele and I just had this like jealousy factor. That's what got me into it. Really? To be, yeah. To be completely honest. So I got a ukulele the next year for Christmas for me and I just started playing it and it was so much easier for me. Guitar is just, I was so used to playing a four stringed small instrument that I didn't have to press that yeah. hard, press that hardly down on the strings. Um, and so ukulele is a good, it has made me a better guitarist too. Just Absolutely. like chords and stuff like that. Um, Those ukulele chords trip me out. Oh, it's, it's fun. I, I like, I remember we, I had a jam session a couple years ago. I was in this, or no, it was when I first moved here. I was in this horrible play and, um, <laughs> It was a nightmare. I won't get like that's that's a whole another that's like literally an hour and a half long story. Um, but we I had a cast party at my house towards the end, and there was one night I got out my guitar, and my ukulele, and this girl's playing guitar, and I was just like watching her hands and translating the chords to ukulele, yeah. not thinking that that was any like that I was even doing anything that insane. And this girl was like, "Whoa!" <laughs> I was like, "Okay, I'm just I play both, so I'm just tra- it's like different languages." Once you learn one language, yeah, it's easier to learn more. Once you learn one that. instrument, it's easier to learn more. Yeah, you have that inclination. After right, that. right. 
I mean, I think if somebody handed me a saxophone, I would have no fucking clue. <laughs> you but... enough just to figure out how to blow into it. Right, 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 right. Make sound come out. <laughs> yeah, I, I did. A, I played the clarinet in sixth grade. And Ooh, clarinet. Yeah, it was required at the school. Okay. You had to choose an instrument. I had a clarinet in the house. I was like, I'll go with that one. Oh. So I don't have to buy anything. That's, my but, brother uh, James played trumpet because we just had one in the house. Yeah. Yeah. And that, I mean, the, just blowing into it and the whole technique with that, I'm like, man, I'm a guitar player. This is not what I right, said. Right, I'm right. not good at this. They wouldn't let me take guitar. So, but um, isn't that weird? I think that's odd that we had we did have one guitarist in my orchestra class in high yeah. school. Uh, he used to I no, he used to just like smoke blunts on the way to school as he <laughs> rode his bike, and he would just sit in the back of our orchestra class because it was first period and just like noodle on the guitar <laughs> and i was like that kid is living his best life absolutely. he has figured high school out absolutely um i don't know how he got hooked up with that he was a really cool nice like respectful dude so yeah. i'm sure he just like talked the teachers into letting him do that but it was amazing his way in. yeah he schmoozed his way in lucky bastard and he got to go on like orchestra trips with us and stuff yeah that's that's been it was amazing it's gotta be just so awesome it was it yes yes that is something i do really miss um there aren't like casual orchestras you can join out here. Yeah, it's like a, every everything regarding orchestra is a very serious matter. Right, it's a lot of practice. There's I mean, no garage band orchestra. No, no, you can't just like garage toss orchestra. toss together an orchestra. Um, but when I was in high school, I was in a program called Toledo Youth Orchestra, mm-hmm. and we played with the symphony a couple of times. Oh man, it was so cool. Like. We would play where the symphony played at the Peristyle and the Toledo Museum of Art, and we'd all, we'd all be like sharing a stand with a symphony player. And there was one time we played the Star Wars soundtrack, and oh. I fucking died. You lose your <laughs> it shit. It was so <laughs> cool because I was like, we were. I was playing it, but I was also just like so you're, engulfed you're violin, in this though. sound. I was playing uh, violin. Yeah. Do you ever feel the need to like move around the headbang? <laughs> oh no, we always like. I was a very expressive player. That's, that's um, impressive alone. I mean, because it's so, you got it in your neck. It's so you know, technical. It, to be able to move is, it blows my mind. Well, you're holding it with your jawbone and your, like, collarbone, kind okay. of. And you have, and I always had, like, a thing that helped to prop it up because I have a long neck. Um, <laughs> and also, like, the way I was trained to play violin was very body conscious, like, almost yeah. Alexander technique, but not really. But it was very, like, the form, so you had to have your neck straight still. Um, but when you go to like a bluegrass concert and that little old man is like crunched over, like shit. not even, yeah. and I mean, and they can still play crazy well, even yeah. though their positioning is horrible. <laughs> um, but, uh, a neck brace when you're off the stage just to keep it straight. Right, right. I'm like, <laughs> but it, it becomes, the violin is just one of those instruments that becomes like a, a, almost like a third arm growing out of your neck. Yeah. Like once you know how to hold it and I, I would walk around the house just ha- having my violin just sticking off my neck that's good practice i like that yeah it it was it was something one of our orchestra teachers when i was young uh told us to do and so i did basically i did whatever a teacher told me to do (laughs) so i'd walk around the house with my violin just like balanced underneath my jaw so you can't once you once you're really comfortable with that you can really express and move around and the violin's not going anywhere if somebody would have tried to snag it i had enough i could hold it there yeah damn under my jaw so I had this big, like, hickey red mark on my <laughs> neck my whole middle school and high school. <laughs> middle school was way harder, but um, when you with stand my with neck a, hickey. With a strap with a guitar, do you ever, like, feel your neck kind of just going back into the violin place? Because it's no. weight on the same area. I mean, No, I don't. 
You don't no, feel it's there. more in my hand positioning is wrong, is not right for guitar. Whenever I've mm. taken guitar lessons, they're always like, no, they like try to move my hand so that it's like this okay, instead yeah. of like this. All my technique regarding like form and holding mm-hmm. is all wrong. It's every, Most, everything they teach you, I don't yeah, do that. Yeah. I, I mean, I started when I was five, so like I naturally had to figure out how to, right, you just like, how to hold the thing. But every time I had a teacher tell me, you got to hold the pick like this, your hand's supposed to be like this. I'm right. like, you know what, man? I just want to play the damn thing, and this works for me, so I'm just so, going to continue to do this. Yeah, yeah. And like, I see the guys; they have the like elbows super deep, and their like, hands like straight. And I'm uh, and honestly ground, like, like, it's and I try that, and I'm just like I'm cramping every right, 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 now. right, right. It's I get it, but some of the most of the best musicians I've seen are like self-taught and do it whatever the fuck way they want to. Well, especially it's like it's one thing to learn the theory and the scales and all that stuff, but yeah, like yeah. Hey, holding your instrument, like that's got to be the most comfortable place. Like you got to find, and the, the techniques definitely like a lot, 99% of people follow those things for sure. Right, right, right. But that 1% of people, like don't take that into so much consideration. Really <laughs> like be right. able to hold the thing, be able to play the thing so you can freely express yourself. You it, know? it also matters how what you're tri- what you're trying to accomplish. Are yeah. you trying to be a classic guitarist and play oh, flamenco that, or what, yeah, like whatever like the top there like right this. Oh, right if you're nuts to if me. you want to do that then yes okay so you have to learn the proper technique if you don't want to play in an orchestra if you just want to play bluegrass music and be huddle over uh yeah. you know like a moonshine jug then you don't <laughs> have to learn how to play with yeah. that yeah yeah that's funny so the ukulele is your main act right you write, now you write yeah, your yeah, songs yeah. On i write ukulele. on the uke yeah but I just I just splurged on a guitar on a new guitar, so I've been Ooh, what kind doing of a little. I got a Taylor. Ooh, do you know the model myself. or anything like that? It's a mini, a GS mini. <sighs> I was playing I some of those the other day. They're fun. I am so in love with them. I know I died. Well, you know what the best part about the guy Taylor at Sam is? Ash? He like knew exactly who I was as soon as I walked in, and he knew exactly what he was doing when he handed me that Taylor. Oh yeah. He knew I was gonna buy it. Like. <laughs> Well, because oh. they're so affordable, but also yeah. Taylor is the only, uh, at least I'm pretty sure, the only guitar company that there's smaller guitars that use real wood. Real wood. I know. That's why I bought it. Like, I almost real bought wood it, was one of those, those mini Martins. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Went, oh, my God. But it, it was like the, the plastic wood. It was like yes. the plastic wood. And I was yes. like, this is like, I can move fast. But then you pick up the Taylor mini. And I'm a Martin guy, 100%. Right, I mean, right. This, this tattoo on my forearm is based off a of Martin Very headstock. cool. Yes, yes, yes. You I know? can see it. Um, but when I picked up the GS mini, that was like. You can't beat this. You can't. The sound. It's, it's so big. It's. I know. The sound is amazing. And my my friend was with me, and she's not a musician. She's a comedian. And she's heard me play a thousand, you know, like, she's my number one fan. Thanks, Jules. Uh, but, like, uh, she even said, like, she could even hear it. You know, yeah. like, somebody without a trained ear could hear it. And I was pl- I was playing between the Martin and, and that one. And the Martin was a little smaller, and I kind of liked the way it looked better. Like, yeah. it looked a little bit more vintage-y, which is kind of yeah. my... Whatever, my, when I'm trying to make my Hipster-esque. branding, it's trying to make my branding right now. Hipster, vintage. Um, I love it. Yeah, so it fit my branding a little bit better, but the Taylor sounded so much better, and it was spruce. It's like real wood. Yeah. yeah. I was like, well, I have to get the real wood because it'll develop over. The sound will even develop more over time yeah, as the wood ages. The yeah, I'm like, oh, I was like, I gotta get the real wood. <laughs> That guy knew exactly what he was doing. So my it. ultimate word in describing anything that's, especially in music, anything that's really good, if I use the word crispy, mm, like mm, a, the mm-hmm. crispy sound is just like, that's my thing. Like, okay, that's that's, that's That's the ultimate compliment for me. That's funny. And when I picked up the GS Mini, I forgot which model I picked up the other day, but I picked it up and I played it and I was like, this guitar is fucking crispy. It was, I like. And that's it. For sure, for just sure. crisp. Oh, especially yeah. recording, those things are. Well, that's what I was thinking too. I was like, yeah. in the future... I'm not going to care about how it looks. I'm going to care about how it sounds. Oh, absolutely. 
So that's what I. Yeah, I beat I'd the crap splurged. out of guitars. I have a very heavy hand. I've been kicked yes, out of I've multiple. Seen. Yeah, <laughs> I've been kicked out of almost every music shop I've gone into for really? playing too hard. I went to Nashville for ten days, and I went to all the famous music shops mm-hmm. this and that, and they have so many great acoustic guitars that have been, you know, especially old ones, vintage ones that yeah. have been over the years. And I, uh, I, I forgot the name of it. I think it was Carter. Uh, can't remember the name of the, the place, but I was in there, and there's this huge acoustic room, and I was with my buddy. And I was picking up these guitars totally in heaven, just mm-hmm, holy shit, mm-hmm, like 1958 mm-hmm. Martin. I'm like, what yeah, the you're fuck? like, yeah. like smelling it. And I'm just playing, and like, you know, 20 <laughs> minutes goes by, and I'm getting into it, and I'm starting to play harder. And the guy uh, that worked there walked in, and he's, he basically told me, he's like, oh, you need to play a little softer. And I'm like, yeah, I've been doing this my whole life. Like, it's not going to break. Like, they're Right, right, right. And then he came in a second time when I was playing another guitar, and he was kind of pissed. Like, Eek. you need to play lighter. I'm like, at that point, I was like, no, I'm just going to play harder. Anyway, they asked me to leave, but that wasn't the you first time that's happened. You are so a man in your mid twenties. <laughs> oh, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> I'm just gonna play harder. But no, that's I, yeah, funny. I've, uh, <laughs> I've been kicked out multiple times, and the but that's just the other thing. The the minis when I pick them up when I play, like I feel like there's a lot of guitars when I when I go smacking at it, mm-hmm, I can feel mm-hmm. kind of its weaknesses. Okay, interesting. It's got to be a little stronger for me, and like that okay. one is so dense, it's like mm-hmm. a fucking weapon. Oh yeah, I love it. I love it. <laughs> I love it. I bought. I loved it so much. I bought it. And I was saying to the guy who sold it to me, I was like, I usually don't buy new instruments. I I like to buy used instruments because I feel like I'm. It's like a character. rescue dog. Well, they have character. They have character. They have a history. Like other people have used them. Yeah, exactly. They've been broken in a little bit, and uh, and he just looked at me like I was crazy. Like here you are buying a tailor, <laughs> and you're like t- you're bemoaning the fact that it's not a used instrument. I was like, whatever. I like it. I'm still buying them. Even I, though I that's a good way to approach it, I though. feel like it's not a rescue dog, and I wanted to get a rescue dog. <laughs> you you went to the the puppy shop in the mall. That's right, I did. <laughs> I went to the puppy but mall. It's a damn shop. good puppy, right? It's a damn good puppy. She's gonna win some awards for <laughs> sure. Oh my goodness! So, I've been following you following you on social media. Um, we talked in Venice a while back. We played a show together, and you play a lot. From what last it's, year, I was playing out a ton. So how do you uh, how do you go about getting your gigs? I mean, especially in LA, and as a solo act with the ukulele, I feel like that's just way more difficult to get a gig. I have a lot of I have a couple promoters that like to book me for these small acoustic shows and bars. So and I made a couple of those relationships while I was in that first band, and um, because sometimes that band would let me open for them, and then I would step because I was the backup singer. Oh, nice. So, uh, so I'm I, out of music. I made relationships with those, <laughs> with those, uh, with, with those promoters and just kept them over the years. And even though they might do bringer shows as part of their, yeah. I only ever would do the ones that were for free. And like, I could yeah. just have five people show up because. So what is, what is keeping know? a relationship with those people entail? Cause you know, almost nothing. Like, do you just hit them up from time to time yeah. or you just only well, hit them up when you want to show? I it's I hit them up when I want to show if they haven't offered me shows. Like, a lot of them send me emails with lists of show dates that they have available. Um, and they are all, like, small acoustic shows. And then I also um, get some traffic through my YouTube channel. People will book me through that sometimes for, like, corporate gigs or weddings. Yeah, you sent that yeah. in your little list of things. Yeah, I thought yeah. that was so cool. What I love um, – the last one I did – It's a good gig, too. Oh, yeah. Corporate gigs are, I mean, weddings, too. I mean, it's crazy. It's one of those things where you really have to know your worth. Yeah. Because people are willing to pay you a lot of money to do that stuff. 
Um, is it mostly covers and stuff, or do you get to play? Oh, it's music? all covers. Oh, it's okay. all covers, or like my my own music. Like the covers I know are very similar to the music that I write. Okay. For some some. I mean, I kind of I throw in a lot of pop covers for that kind of stuff because people that's what people want to hear especially, <laughs> um, especially at weddings especially at weddings something that they know dance to and it's i'm usually playing for like cocktail hour everyone always asks for yeah. that and on purpose that's, i don't know that song as, so like, that yeah, i can good. say i don't know good. it good. i always good. am like i don't know it i'm sorry She's like i don't know that and they're like oh ukulele player doesn't know i know bust out some badass original well music. right right exactly like, i'm like up? i don't need to know somewhere over the rainbow oh <laughs> Um, Not a massive fat man. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, and it's like that. I if I did learn it, it wouldn't be his version anyway. It wouldn't be the yeah. fame. It wouldn't be the version you want to hear anyway. Like, I like that. No, it, it so, shouldn't be. I mean, right. I would. It, it would. Ma- it would become my own anyway. So it's like, anyway, it doesn't matter. Anyway, 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 anyway. Um, um, but these the. Yeah, the weddings, the corporate gigs are really fun. You ha- I usually pay for two or three hours, or if it's a wedding, I'll play for a cocktail hour, just for the hour. Nice. And it's, it is. It's really fun. Weddings are super fun, because then after you're done playing, you get to drink and yeah, Mingle. flirt with guests. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not a huge fan of the word hustle. Okay, sure. for the sake of what it's, what it's grown into and its meaning, yeah. you are like the definition of a solo act – hustling on every level especially when we talked that one day i just like i remember i walked away i was like holy shit how is one person doing all this stuff that's so funny because i feel like i don't do enough you oh my goodness (laughs) well it was amazing that's why that's why i was really excited to have you on because i was like i know i've i've done that done my fair share of shows and trying to promote myself and there's so many musicians out there Mm -hmm. calling the bedroom musicians that sit in their room yes yes i i heard that on one of your last episodes. Yeah, with Kirk, we were talking. Yeah, uh, I loved um, that. I mean, and some, and when I heard that, I, I, I was like, oh, like I'm kind of one of those, but. But you're out playing. But I'm out playing. I, I do. I meet me. Then I, and then I, and then I forgave myself a little bit. I was like, no, no, no. I was like, that might be what your YouTube, YouTube channel is a little bit, but like. Uh, What's well, what YouTube? But is I do. For, I get I mean, out for like those people, but. You know, right. it's good to have all those platforms, but then to walk out and say, hey, I'm actually a real person. I'm right. on a stage. Come see me. Talk to me. Experience me. Like, And that's the whole right. point of the live show is to experience. I love it. I love doing the live shows because you and I met. Yeah. Or like I meet really cool people. And and that's another way to get booked on more shows too is like somebody sees you and then hey, they're, pro- open for us then they're like producing that. a show or they want you to open for them. I'm doing that in Pasadena in a couple weekends for a band that I met in August. But yeah. So I imagine uh, a lot of the time, because you're a solo act with ukulele, you're doing a lot of opening acts. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm almost always, and I all volunteer. What? That what? You're, that you're always the opening act. No. I know for me, I kind of was like, I got to a point where I was like, I'm tired of being the opening act. Well, I understand that bands, you know, get the headlining or right. later on, but you know, getting the call because you're the opening guy or the opening girl, like. That for for I mean knowing that it kind of discouraged me a little bit and I didn't like that I was discouraged by it. It's a gig. It's a chance to play. Yeah. But I'm curious on on your thoughts on that. I don't know. I think I I usually I go to a lot of shows for the opening act. Oh okay. All so right. I never mind being the opening act. You because appreciate it. I appreciate it. I because I like the I like the artist, the singer with the guitar, the singer with I guess ukulele, or just accompanying themselves and singing their hearts out. And those are the kind of acts that I enjoy and will listen to in my 
spare time or whatever. Um, so it never, I never really thought of it like that. Uh, That's great. I, I like that. Glad to hear that. Yeah, it's, it's, it, uh, yeah, I never really thought of it like that. Do you ever think to yourself, I'd like to be the headlining act? Um, I would let, I would like to be in a band again. That's something I do think about. Uh, I think one of my next projects I want to do is like something with a jazz trio. I want to kind of jazz it up a little bit. That's where Hell my yeah. voice lives best. With uh, just vocals or? I would probably play some things. Like you can get away. Yeah, ukulele and yeah, jazz you can, trio. God yeah, damn. Yeah, it'd be fun. Um, niche. And I know a couple. <laughs> and super niche, I know. I'm the most niche. I'm <laughs> still trying to find my people. Um, but... You know, it's like, yeah, that's, I, I want to work with closely with other musicians again soon this year, just because, um, I have gotten a little tired of playing out by myself. Why did you start doing the solo act? Like what led you into that? <laughs> okay. So, uh, so I was in that first band when I moved out here. So I moved out here to be an actress. Okay. I was going to win an Oscar. Well, I still Oscars could. are coming up, you know? They're, com they're coming up. I'm nominated. No, I'm not. On stage. <laughs> um, well, I think, you know, you move out here and you think there's, like, one way to do that, right? Or something. Whatever. <laughs> there, Like, there is no set path for anything Absolutely that any not. of us are doing out here in L.A. creatively uh, as a career. And, um, but singing, like, I don't know. I, but then Jennifer Hudson won the Oscar for Dreamgirls. And it was like, okay, well, you can be a singer and win an Oscar for an acting gig. Oh, yeah, just by sure. being a, like an open, vulnerable, emotional person. And when I first moved out here, I would really only book gigs that I was singing or playing something on. So any acting gig that I had where there was that sort of al musical element to it, I would book it. And then I auditioned for this band. <coughs> and they were this kind of like, they were a rock band. Um, I don't want to say I, I usually say pseudo Christian rock. It's not Christian rock. We never like said Jesus or whatever, but the lead singer and the songwriters were both religious or well, the lead singer and songwriter was grew up very religious and there was definitely that element to it. And so they, did they I were taking that approach more into the band. Yeah, well, it's not even that it was. So anyway, I don't know. It wasn't wanna, Satan music. It <laughs> wasn't Satan music. It was very clean and happy and upbeat. And like, um, I think that chord action sure <laughs> i think um that we had a good sound and that it was clean i think that la might not be the correct market it's a very like midwestern okay i think people in ohio would love that song i'm from ohio and so, nice. or like love that music okay so i you know anyway i was in that band for two years so i did oh, a wow. song they paid me for one summer to sing for their summer, summer, their summer concert series, <laughs> and uh, and at the end of the summer they were like, "Oh well, do you want to be in the band?" And so I was like, "So does that mean I'm just I'm not, not getting, getting paid anymore?" Is that, <laughs> yes. is that what you're yeah, that's exactly that was a very manipulative question. That's exactly what it meant. Um, and I joined the band, and I was in that band for two years. About um, you were singing in that one. Yeah, just backup singing. Okay. They encouraged me to write. I always felt odd about writing. I was too scared to write songs at that point. I hadn't really written songs yet. Okay. 
Um, you didn't broken into that scary realm yet. You know, I had I had written funny songs and like stupid stuff for high school or like stupid yeah. stuff for theater in college or but things deep, that I didn't take seriously. Real but emotion. right, never <laughs> I never like delved deeply into like I never wrote a breakup song or like anything like that. And um, so it wasn't until after I quit that band that I started writing. Um, but I went through another band first. So I quit that band. That was like a rock vibe. And then I was in a folk band for a while. Nice. And then the folk band, which I was obsessed with. I was <laughs> like, I was like, this is my ticket. We sound, I thought we sounded really good. And um, it was fun vibes all around. I don't know. I liked the band. Folk we would band, always, yeah. yeah, it was a folk band. Like we would, we would practice and then we'd like smoke some weed and like go out to the beach and throw the Frisbee around and. <laughs> My, I became really good friends with the other girl in the band, and she was dating the bassist, and they ended up breaking up. Already a problem. Yeah, bad. Um, they oh, ended like, up breaking up. Been going on for since the beginning of time. I mean, of this like is bands. the thing. Like, it matters who that? you are. It just matters who you are. So I. It matters what sex means to you. I think is what that boils down to, like, like. Fleetwood Mac set all their differences aside and like carried on kind of right they've carried on they still play together or like right 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 exactly so like in my head I'm like Mad Bear can carry on it can (laughs) carry on like they'll get they'll eventually be able to be around each other and be in the same room and like you just you do it for the sake of the band man um and because I honestly believe that I have the personality type or whatever that I could separate that. I feel like, I feel like I could carry on for the sake of the band. Yeah. I've never had to try to do that. Um, or, you know, like, but I honestly feel like I would be strong enough or whatever you have to be to carry on for the sake of the band to keep it going. But it's not, it's, I, or whatever. It's all situational. It would obviously matter on the breakup and what kind of, I don't know. I just I feel like you know, like you said, it's, it's how much sex matters to you, but it's also yeah. like how much how much does music matter to you? Because you already know what you're doing, whether regardless of type of music, what you're doing is diving into the emotional state of being. And if you bring your personal relationships on, like what those you know, like dating someone right. into that sector, you kind of not taint it, but you kind of take away from the fact that you're able to sit down with other musicians and say, hey, this is what we're about. We're bringing something to this, and if you bring turmoil into it. You know, the relationship might be fun, but I just there's there's just no room for that. Right. Right. There's just no room for that, in my opinion. And and like I I mean, once it comes as, as much as it's not or shouldn't be considered business, it's business. It's like, business. You don't. No, I agree. Do that. So I think if you aren't mature enough to know that if this ends that we're going to just have to get over it like adults yeah. and it's business, then you shouldn't start doing it in the first place. What also affects like future relationships, say bass player. And what what did she do in the band? Uh, we were both singing and I was playing violin and ukulele and she was playing tambourine. So tambourine vocalist <laughs> dates the bass player, right? Right, right. Uh, and they break up, but they're still in the band. They're spending all this time together, nighttime shows. Right, around right, alcohol. Like, right. Say she wants to get another boyfriend or he wants to get another girlfriend. I mean, you can't tell me that that's not going to cause It's a conflict more. of interest. But it's again, constant, it you know? matters who you are. For sure, for like, sure. Like it matters how it ended, if it ends friendly, to the, like they're – whole relationship was really tumultuous so the breakup was really ugly 
and she never wanted to talk to him again. Jeez. So the band broke up. <laughs> it's an, and even though I think it can happen, and there are famous examples of it happening, and I think if <laughs> I was in a similar situation, I, I mean, maybe not with him because he wasn't <laughs> worth it, obviously. Um, he was kind of a jerk. But, like, if it's... And it's and it, it and it's not like our band was famous and it was like we have to do this to to make the next get the next record you think out it'd or be something. Different if you guys were like four records deep, label signed or whatever, you were successful. I don't know if happened. it would have been different because really? my my friend, my girlfriend that I made from that band, she is just not like that. She just she's uh, emotionally fire. She's a Sagittarius. She's like fiery. <laughs> she can't she can't ha- she can't handle that kind of like um, she gets defensive. Okay. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. Some people yeah, do, I mean, some people don't. Uh, and so she, like, she has to. She's she's someone who has to completely separate herself from that kind of a situation. Yeah. And you know, obviously, most people are that way. I feel like me claiming that I could deal with it is me making some sort of like almost superwoman claim. <laughs> Because I would say most people are like my friend, not like well, me. Well, yeah, I mean, especially in music. I mean, it's not like you're, you know, working at the same place. It's you're showing up and like, all right, I have to be as sensitive and vulnerable as possible, and I got to play my stuff. I got to be right, focused right. and be able to share an emotion yeah. with the people around me. And it's like I just got over sharing too many emotions. And right. I don't want to fucking even look at this right, person. Right, right, right. Like, ah, but so some like really good music comes out of that. Maybe or can. Yeah, yeah, it can. I mean, maybe you guys became a heavy metal folk <laughs> fan, but that's hilarious. <laughs> But, yeah, but anyway, yeah, so that that band broke up, and then she and I ended up doing a duo together. Oh, nice! And when that duo broke up, I was devastated. Like I th- thought that I was, I just had to start all over again, and that's why I'm a solo ukulele act now. Was it more? I just don't want to deal with anybody else walking out on me, or um, like a- I just had to figure out I. I still wasn't writing that much. Like I had started writing, but I didn't know what my voice was. So it was hard to even like collaborate because I feel like my friend who I was in this duo with, she was writing and she has a very unique voice and I was really drawn to that. And I was like, she's like the real deal. And so I, um, I wanted to also like go develop that, yeah. part of my artistry well, I think it's important and for anybody it's good it's just like being single like you have to like know who you are you have yeah. to figure out who you are and it's really hard to do that when you're in a relationship with three people like in a band or with yeah. one other person in a duo or yeah it's good to be single for a while so yeah now I'm through my my ukulele single phase and I would love to find some musicians to play with but um, so you yeah. found your voice, you would say? Um, I think I'm still working on it for sure. Okay. Like I don't think there's ever really an end to that. But your your main goal, I mean, I is think is your main goal to be you know performing your music, whether it's solo or with a band or yeah, yeah. Okay. And that's the other thing too. If I started writing with a band, like there's a whole other that's a whole other thing. I think I'll always be writing music for myself, like solo okay. stuff. Um, but. Would you, I mean, yeah. say someone came to you and said, hey, Kate, we want to pay for a tour, a record label, everything like that, just you and your ukulele. Um, would that be, like, 
I would do it. Yeah, for sure. You <laughs> yeah, go for, for it, this sure. and that. But yeah. would you would you have preferred it with a band or would you prefer it with another duo? I mean, because I mean, I've been a solo act. I played mm-hmm. in a few bands. I messed around. It's like there's there's just so many so many things that can go wrong. Right. So many things that you know you consider before you really embark on a certain journey. So I I guess I'm just curious because you have the ukulele. You have be- u- ukulele. Ukulele. <laughs> ukulele. <laughs> Um, you have beautiful songs, beautiful voice, and you're very, very, very capable of performing by yourself mm-hmm. and having that act. And, you know, it's it's really, you spent, what, like a year, you know, doing that, and it's, it's developed into something great, and now you want to move on to the next thing. Will you bring yeah. your songs from the ukulele that you've written into the next project, or are you looking to start fresh? I don't know. It depends. It, like, depends who I start working with. I know my, my friend who I've been talking about, she's mentioned wanting to play together again. Um, which I'd be like, I'd definitely be willing to dabble and see what we come up with. But I've been writing with a couple of friends, and we are we're always writing new content. Okay. Um, but I haven't performed with any of these people yet, so I don't know. I I'm not super stressed about writing more songs or using my stuff or not using my stuff. Okay. Um, but I like the couple songs that I have, and <laughs> uh, yeah, I did that single last year with my favorite one. And we did a music video, which was fun. Um, it's fun to be on set and be like the star of the show. When you it say music video, was it you know what kind of like how 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 did that go about? Like was it a full set and with like people around cameras? So or was it like you know Fred with the iPhone? You know? It was it was my friend with a camera. Okay. Um, he rented a camera and nice. equipment and like slides and you know yeah. uh, whatever tripods <laughs> and shit. Uh, I mean, I was funding it. I was paying for all of it. Okay. And he and I both really like old French, like Jean-Luc Godard films. So we based my song, because the the song is called Until We Meet Again. It's thematically about this like romantic relationship that's not, that's like clearly physical and sexual in nature. And there is an element of love there, but it hasn't necessarily been stated or it's kind of in that like in between there's yeah anyway and that's a lot of Jean-Luc Godard's films are kind of about that male female tension relationship like what is this what isn't this a lot of music's about that oh yeah exactly (laughs) um but so we just the song has a little bit of French in it has a French line in it nice and uh we basically kind of stole shots directly from the movie Breathless and recreated them in my friends I rented my friend's apartment I had shot, I had done a photo shoot in his apartment uh, when I cut my hair. I used to have like long shoulder length undercut and I cut it all off last, a year ago, like last February. And uh, we did a photo shoot in his apartment while I cut my own hair. And then my friend Mike was there to fix it for me afterwards. He's actually a hairstylist. So I was just like cutting chunks out of my hair. Um, The photo shoot turned out pretty cool. Uh, and then we, so, but his, the way his apartment was set up, it was perf. It was breathless. Like it's this tiny like studio apartment with a bed on the floor. Um, and there's this huge window right next to the bed. So I knew we would get a lot of natural light for the shoot. And, um, it was great. We casted this guy that looked very like sixties. I wanted him to be Brown specifically. Um, because my ex-boyfriend was and uh the guy I wrote the song about it is authenticity um right yeah. well and also you know whatever 
the um but be relevant and timely yeah. um this isn't 1960s france there are people of color yeah. <laughs> are part of our society here in america believe it or not believe it or not <laughs> um so uh yeah we had it was a really fun day it was just like a fun shoot day i hired a couple of my like i hired a friend to be a pa and um i brought coffee for everybody in the morning and snacks and we did like a six to seven hour shoot in my friend's apartment and then my friend who shot it edited it all together for me and uh voila so I, I imagine you use a, an audio track that you've pre-recorded that yes, goes over it. Yes, no, I had, no yes, I had done the track um, a couple months before with a female producer that I met at a Women in Music networking slash wellness uh, day in Pasadena. I missed the yoga in the morning, but I'm glad I stuck around. I met this producer. Uh, she's sweet. Um. And we just we recorded in her studio in Highland Park. So with each shot, I mean, you have to be playing. Do you play the song in the background and mm-hmm. play to it? Yeah. I I've always I've never done a music video myself. Okay. I've seen a few done, and I guess I've never really got to ask the question. And it's and I've always been really curious curious about it. Um, when you're doing the shot, like you have to be into every single shot. Do you choose a shot and then play the whole song through? Or do you do bits and pieces because you know which part of the song? He, so my friend Andrew, who directed it, also put up, had the storyboard. So he knew which parts of the songs, oh, which wow. part of the song he wanted to shoot with which moments. He was fucking ready. Oh, yeah. No, That's no, no. Awesome. I didn't, I was not fucking around when I asked my yeah. friend Andrew to do it with me because I knew he, like, we had a very, we have a very similar taste. Yeah. And um, I knew that he would be able to listen to my vision and we both worked on it we both had so so much fun working on it together um and so we had we had just like a lot of long talks about about the song and about how i felt about breathless or whatever we watched the movie a couple of times together and just like he basically was like this first i want to make sure we get this and this and this and this shot i don't know if i'll use them all but we'll sing and then there were some long shots like me sitting at the end of the bed where we did the whole song a couple times through okay um like any shots that he thought he might drop in a few places we did the whole song um and we did a lot of like mirror like shots into mirrors and uh it was just really fun it was cool and he's a really talented cinematographer and like director so awesome he produced his own acting reel wow he's one of the most organized like <laughs> logical it's amazing his brain is which amazing. is so necessary in any sort of like entertainment industry like there has oh. to be the, i mean everyone should be organized if but any of my friends yeah. is gonna make it it's him oh that's wonderful for sure like he's gonna be he's going to be a working actor like no questions <laughs> no questions um so in the shots like you mean you're singing and performing and you know you're going for a certain mood did you ever find yourself having difficulty uh almost like expressing the right face or the way you're standing or things like did all those things come into play for you i, mean, I was nervous about that stuff like, um, what was going through your head for like all that what did how did you i was nervous that? and the way i combated that is i had my uh a girl that i work with who's a supermodel and an actress come and be the pa for the day so that she could watch and make sure my bangs weren't doing something weird because it was like i wanted to focus on right the emotional aspect and what my expression was and not have to focus on like whether or not my collar was right 
So I had somebody there as a details person for me to make sure all the stuff that I didn't want to worry about was taken care of. Yeah, it was a full production. Yeah, I'm also very organized. Yeah, no, clearly. <laughs> I don't think anyone could do as much as I, that you do without being organized. I'm, I'm still learning. That. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's, um, it's, I think, you know, uh, I needed to go to college to learn how to do that for myself because um, in college you have the, I was a double major so I, I, I bit off more than I could chew but I still accomplished everything I wanted to accomplish but I had to be organized or I yeah. wouldn't have been able to get it all done yeah um, and then my brother James is getting his PhD right now and and it sounds like he he, he does the same thing like he he times out his work he basically works a nine-to-five even though it's right now he's like writing his dissertation but after five o'clock or whatever, whatever time he had set for the day, he'll stop and be like, clock out, basically. Yeah, that's the healthiest You have to do that. Yeah, yeah, to, yeah. And you have to do that as a musician, as an artist. Especially in the studio when you're recording. Like, it's so easy to say, I need to accomplish, you know, even if it's, it's one It's so easy track. to work to 4.30 in the morning. Yeah, right, right. Like, fuck, now I'm burnt out. I have a whole other day of recording I got to right. do this and that. So Right, and you didn't get any sleep, and yeah, now your voice isn't where it should be, and blah, blah, blah. Right, Yeah, right. it's... Uh, organization it's you you don't think organization when you think musician but right i mean it's virtually you don't but right exactly exactly well because that's not the romantic la vie bohème thing that we're all led to believe oh, fuck that it's brutal it's brutality it's <laughs> exactly. fucking war yeah you, know. you want something that bad you better fucking fight yeah you for have it. to fight for it you're gonna have to fight for it it's not gonna be some like you're going to be able to get an apartment in Laurel Canyon and just like play until somebody hears you through the window one day and goes, yeah, it's who's that lady? Yeah. Like nobody's, <laughs> nobody's doing that. It's not um, La La Land. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, and exactly. It's not what Hollywood has left, led us to believe. Or, I mean, I think a lot of publications to perpetuate this idea about uh, artists having to be tortured and like be the drug addicts and yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and that's not, that's completely false. All the musicians I hang out with, I mean, the worst, th I mean, they might dabble in psychedelic soap in their third eye sometimes or, you know, smoke some ganj, but it's not like well, I think they're shooting heroin. And yeah, I think people forget that it's, you're either doing the music or you're not. Right, Everything right. outside of that, you know, sex, drugs, and rock and roll, like, right, call whatever right. you want, Meh. do whatever you want, but you're either doing the music or you're not. Right. You know, there's just really, and that's why I love it, because there's just, there's not a lot of gray area in taking it and doing it and being able to get punched and punched back and, mm -hmm. you know, all the other shit, the image, the, the bracelets, the necklaces, the, the <laughs> cool clothes, the, you know, the different voices you use, like right. all that stuff. I see it so much, so much. And people are trying to, uh, you know, make it in an image rather than what they're doing. Like one of the shows actually with the, that company mm -hmm. uh, was at the House of Blues and the guy that went on before me, he was wearing a really, really pizzazzy outfit, like mm -hmm. super goes on stage and has a computer and plays these backup tracks, oh, not very no. good backup tracks, and he sings. He sings only three songs, and they gave him a 30-minute set. So there was a long gap, you know? But he finishes and then walks off and immediately changes into normal clothes, and I'm like, I couldn't repeat a single word of his songs or pay attention, but I could tell you what he was wearing. Yeah, like, that's bad. That doesn't make sense to me. Like, what are you trying to promote here? Well, I think L.A. is a lot about branding and personal brand and, like, and all this stuff about social media now. And I mean, I recently signed up for an online social media class just because I would love to be just making money off of the internet. 
Um, I like LA, but I'm not like obsessed with LA. I would kind of like to live wherever I want to live or yeah. be able to travel and not be tied to being here necessarily. Well, that's the beautiful part about social media and right. streaming. And so stuff. you like, can't have to be here. Yeah, you like, don't. Don't don't like don't succumb to the shit that they're telling you. Like right. the bedroom musicians shouldn't stay bedroom musicians, but you can start there and build an empire. Right. You absolutely like Bo Burnham or like whoever yeah. like Justin Bieber. Um <laughs> so I'm actually having one of his tour managers on next week. Right, because I, I now, now I don't remember if I heard this on a podcast. I think I did, and I can't remember which one it was, but they were saying how there aren't that many A&R guys anymore, like people going out and doing talent scouting because the internet has become this, if you rise to the top of the internet, if you're in the creme de la creme of the internet, then they don't need to do talent scouting yeah. because – You've you risen the to the top. You already have the audience. The uh, you have a built-in audience now, and you have all these followers and whatever. So they know they can. You can. You have a clear vision brand X, Y, or Z, and they can just basically plug you into whatever their system is. And I don't know. I think that if I ever reached that amount of success on the internet, I would never sign with anybody. Oh, because I'd should. be like, I, I did this all by myself. I don't need your help. I at met this with point. a guy named A.C. Burrell. It's literally his name. Mm-hmm. And uh, he works in Hollywood. And he did, you know, some of Beyonce's first records. Uh, he did the Backstreet Boys. Okay. Did all, like a lot of big acts. And I, I sat, got to sit down with him for like an hour in the studio. And we were talking. And he made a comment. He's like, my close, some of my closest friends that aren't signed and are musicians, they're making more money as independent artists than the guys that are signed to oh, our yeah. label. And like that blew my mind. He's mm-hmm. like, it's, you just have to put, you got to put the work in. He's like, but it's that's, a lot of work. But if you're making the money, then you can hire a staff, and they'll do it exactly the way you want them to do it. Yeah, and st- to stay independent, because so many bands are doing that. And that's yeah, all you go, need to do is have suffering. a good manager, or whatever. Like, if you need somebody to be a tour manager and help you book the gigs, then if you're making enough money on the internet, you can pay anybody to do that. You can pay the best person to do that for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, I mean, that is the beauty and the curse of the internet, because then you're like trying to crack the code. And you're like, how do I get my shit in front of people? Well, the other downside is like being able to promote an image so intensely. I feel like it's good to have your image. It's like finding your voice, find your image, Mm -hmm, find mm -hmm. who you are. But present that. Don't don't cover it up with fancy clothes or something you're not. Right. Like don't try to be the heavy metal guy if you're you know if you're not. I know, and you see that so much. And it's like it pisses me off. It frustrates me because it's like you're you're already putting another barricade on the bridge of <coughs> me experiencing your music and connecting with you as a person. So like social media allows us to hide behind these images that are taking away from what we're mm-hmm. trying to bring. But at the same time, if you're raw, it brings people so much closer to what you're about and who you are. So when they listen to your music or they see your show or whatever it is, they connect so deeply because it's almost like they get to be closer to you. Yeah, the, the people that are faking it essentially is – in short yeah. <laughs> as the sum up of what you just said uh, just are not emotionally mature enough to know who they are yet or even confident they're to just not there that. yeah they're not emotionally mature they're not confident and hopefully they will eventually find that but i think society slash social media slash like all of those things are making them feel like they have to be that way of course because you can go on your instagram and scroll and find a thousand or hundred thousand likes on someone that you know Posted the right picture. Or right, exactly. You don't know what they're doing behind you, know, right. closed doors right. or whatnot. Right. Especially in music. Yeah. Like, you know how many guitar players are on you know social media? You know, some of them just sit there and shred all day and just want to get likes. And some people make it seem like they're touring the world when really they played two shows in L.A. Right. You know, it's it's you never know. I mean, that's I mean, that's the beauty of it. I have a friend who I was recently in Utah 
on t- this theater tour and my friend who's also a musician that i work with at the restaurant was she was like make it look like yeah make like, it look like it's like it's, than like it's for you and not for this other thing and i was like i was like yeah i'll, I'll do a little bit of that but it is for this other it is for this tour and the tour is like this uh like socially conscious type thing where they want us to be um promoting it yeah because it's like an anti-bullying anti-suicide type thing so it's like no i do want to get the word out about the show though (laughs) about the actual show that i'm in not just like i'm in utah (laughs) what's the difference you you bring you know they ask you to come you bring yourself right to their cause right i was working i was at work yeah you bring yourself to their cause you don't you don't bring something fake to and use someone else to get somewhere i mean it's just no, right. And I, I don't think she was su- I don't think she was su- suggesting that necessarily cuz she also uh she's a singer. That's what like her main goals are. Um but she's also an incredible dancer and so she goes on tour with this band and dances. Oh wow. Um yeah, it's super cool. She'll be gone for like a month or so at a time. That's that's one thing I do I really appreciate about the restaurant job that I do have is that they really understand that we have we all have this greater dream and they're totally cool with letting us come and go as we please. Yeah. <laughs> Which it's is really, it's a great job to have. And, and also in such a big, it's like a big corporate thing too, but it's, but it's, it isn't, it isn't. So it's like one of those weird, it's not like I work at a mom and pop place where of course they let me come and go and like, whatever. Yeah. Um, but we also have 60 servers, so. They're not worried. They're not missing <laughs> me when I'm gone. <laughs> so you, so you write your music, you play, you sing, you do all that stuff. You're definitely a writer, musician, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any other avenues in music that you mess around with? I mean, you said you wanted to be an actor. Are you doing acting or are you doing a production of music? Are you on behind, you know, off the stage, off the instrument? Are you involved in music like that? Um, I did produce a show last year, uh, called Sanctuary. It was this, so this, uh, guy who's been following me on YouTube for, I don't know, years, uh reached out to me over instagram and was like hey i have this really cool space in echo park i know this all sounds creepy sorry parents i was like this is just like how this shit goes down now um i you can tell somebody's vibe from texting with them for a couple of minutes if you're a millennial i don't know like (laughs) i can tell if somebody's gonna be a real creep or not yeah 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 yeah. and and you know you meet in a public place during the day it's like what could really go wrong um so I met up with this guy and he was like, I have this really cool space and was showing me pictures of it. And uh, it's like this really cool Dios de los Muertos room where the woman who used to own the house would like help people pass in that room. It's like oh, this wow. really spiritual, it's crazy metal. space. It's super cool. <laughs> and so I produced a show there, a couple like an acoustic, no microphones, like nothing. It's mm-hmm. just you standing in front of everybody in front of this like Dios de los Muertos like wall. And everybody kind of, I got like pads for the floor and people just sat around and it was like an acoustic show Talk about a that I streamed online. So yeah, with this epic drop, yeah. like backdrop. Uh, so, and then, yeah, there was that online streaming aspect of it so that because the space was so small, we could really only have 20 to 30 people in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but with the internet, you can show it to everybody. So I've done that. That was really fun. Like that's, I, uh, we, I haven't produced the show this year yet uh, because we lost the space temporarily. Um, but I, it's really fun to give artists an opportunity to play a, 
And then B, it was really interesting from a promoter standpoint. Yeah, that's because that's... people like weren't sharing the flyer or like I always at the end of my emails will put if you read to the end of this email, you will send me a picture of a kitten doing something extremely cute. And like one of my four artists sent me the picture of the kitten. And wow. I was like, so none of you read my That's email. Really tactic, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like for any, I like that. I'm going to yeah, use that. Like um, that. My, yeah, that was, that's like a, business person tactic i got that <laughs> advice from somebody who does a lot of business and he would when when he would hire somebody to make graphics or something for him at the end of every email he'd always put something like that to know that they read the whole thing yeah and read it and actually read it yeah. were, were comprehend they didn't just like skim through it and then just be like okay well here's my quick answer yeah no i need you to read every word and like know that i want I like you to that. comprehend it send me a picture of a kitten or whatever it was <laughs> i'll just pick uh, the cutest baby animal or something like that um so that was interesting too because because then i was trying to call the people out that didn't clearly didn't read to the end of the email i'd be like okay i haven't really gotten a response from everybody you've confirmed but i didn't really get a response so i was like even being like hello you didn't read to the end of my email and i know you didn't <laughs> and they still didn't like resp anyway it was so, so that, that was interesting perspective too perspective on you know you when you do shows because you got to experience the other side of it what these people are going through with musicians did you change how you approach shows? a little bit like i i i i'm a responsible midwestern gal so like <laughs> i always responded to the emails and read them thoroughly and i've I, it's interesting i mean moving to la was such an eye-opener for me to learn that not everybody is like that because no, like all the people all. i grew up almost with and surrounded no myself like almost no one is like that so like <clears throat> I've really had to uh, lower my expectations, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, no, it's I, just I, like, I feel you. it is yeah. what it is. Not everybody is me. That's fine. I, I, that's fine. But, but at the, at the, the same day, time, like, like hello. Here, like, hey, I'm doing something. I asked you to be a part of it because I care about what you're doing. Right. I think it's important. Right. Um, and read the email. With the, right. <laughs> like, and, and with the show that I was producing, it was, it was very, I was trying to be woo-woo and like, be very like this is a safe like cool Blanket like we're area. trying to be like a not spiritual but kind of like a spiritual space and uh i wanted everybody to be there the whole time and like watch the other artists that was supposed to be the supportive loving right experience yeah. turn off your phones like we're recording it we it's gonna be on the internet you know yeah. um and for the most part like the people who come who would come to that show did all of that yeah uh, it was just like getting people to respond to emails and then also promote it on their own social media. It's like, just which, which I, I sent you a flyer. Just share it. Just put it up. Well, that's the thing. It's like if you're playing something, like I don't understand why you wouldn't. Right. Or make your own flyer. Sure, if if, yeah. if my flyer doesn't fit your brand, I, I totally understand that. But then, but do promote it. Yeah. I want to be tagged in something. That like, says you you're promoting every, every show I've done. I've blown it way out of proportion. Like I made a Facebook event. I invited everybody. I would post constantly about it. Right. Talk about it. Talk yeah. about, you know, this show is going to have different songs or you know, th anything like that. Like, right. I you was, try to like and make it's, it. It's because like, look, I'm, I'm playing a show. I care about what I'm doing, you know, regardless who threw it. And I, you know, talk about the place I'm playing. Like I played the baked potato and that was, you know, that was my mark. I guess my marketing approach. Like, hey, I'm playing the baked potato. This is a big fucking deal. Mm -hmm. For me, it's a serious experience. I want you to experience this with me as opposed to it's a totally different approach when I'm promoting, you know, playing the House of Blues or playing, you know, a tiny bar in L.A. But right. you still do it nonetheless. Right. And I just I don't I don't see why well, you uh, want people to come out. It's more fun when people are there. Well, of course, it's a live show. But right. I mean, if someone says, hey, I'm doing this, I'm producing this show and I want you to be a part of it. Like, right. 
right. hey, you reached out to me, you care about what I'm doing, yeah, I'll, yeah. You know, what do you need from me? But it's kind of like having a normal relationship regardless. <laughs> right, just I feel like human interaction is weird now. Like oh, people don't know how to communicate. Of course. People have a hard time. Especially emails. I mean, me too. <laughs> I also struggle with that, but you know. Yeah, that's kind of my only behind the scenes. I I have Pro Tools on my computer. That's another. I would love to learn. I just switched how from to use Pro that. Tools. Oh, really? I'm using Cubase now. Oh, okay. Oh. Um, I don't really know that much about any of that stuff. Um, but I got Pro Tools. Uh, because of another singer friend of mine, she that's what she uses. All but the, I, I I'm amazed that all the big studios are still using Pro Tools because Pro Tools is actually starting to lose its place in the studio oh really like uh, no one's really using it personally i mean not no one but i mean uh, i am but i'm not like i have it but i haven't been using it because i don't really know how to use it i just i always default to GarageBand and just (laughs) i know how to patch something together on garage there's so so. many different types of music and so many different platforms Mm -hmm. that are different than pro tools that allow a lot more there's not as many restrictions like i can upload my uh like different preamps or different sounds or different you know whatever to have what I want like Cubase that's why I switched over to Cubase because I could download as much as I wanted it's much more accessible because I used Pro Tools for fucking 10 years okay and it was just like every every year you got to update it or you can't have this or this and that <coughs> and uh but it but it's it's amazing because I, I think I think in like the next 10 years the big label world they're not going to be using Pro Tools anymore because kids that are going to school to become engineers that get hired by the labels they're, they're they not even Tools, learning they learn it? so oh, many okay. other things that they're much more yeah, I just Learned need I, I, I wanna get into something that's not garage band, even though I love you. I love you, garage band. <laughs> um but just to be able to record demos because I yeah. I wanna I'm still trying to figure out as much as I love doing the weddings and the corporate gigs, they're kinda few and far between, at least for me right now. Um and I'd love to get into the jingle writing world, obviously. Who it's wouldn't? Time gig, yeah. Um, because you can make a million dollars off of one stupid song <laughs> about goldfish. You know, uh, I I feel so, like that's the LA dream. <laughs> so you you want to you're focused on making a living, as in making money off of your music. Well, I making you had the um Kirky B on and he said he hasn't worked a day in his life because yeah he's been a he's gotten to be a working drummer for 30 years that's Fucking how i want to that feel guy. that's how i want to feel yeah i think writing i have a lot of fun writing jingles i do uh, it uh, I at work i see that <laughs> i i know I, it's my personality i'm Absolutely. like corny and uh but my so for work they make us do these presentations about alcohol just to like explain to each other the tasting notes of a wine or whatever. So whenever I have to do one, I always write a song for it. Oh, so I'll like do the presentation and then I always have a jingle about the wine afterwards. Do you ever submit jingles to like, you know, auditions or anything like that? Is there, is there a platform to find out, Hey, these people are looking for a jingle um, for this. Yeah. So I, there's a woman whose podcast I listen to named Kathy Heller and she has a podcast called don't keep your day job. And uh, she that's how she made her way in the L.A. music scene, kind of like wow. she she got dropped from two record deals and then uh, started to figure out like, oh, well, if I could get my song placed in a movie or an ad, yeah. then I could be making money off. It. And like I just have to figure out what they want. So she kind of reverse engineered it. And um, and now she has her own management company that has connections with people uh and she'll send people music 
for certain ads or her own or whatever. And she has this huge catalog now of all these musicians and da 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 da. Listen to her podcast. She's great. Um, so I feel like I do have uh, an idea of how that yeah. works. Okay. Um, but I don't have the content. I need to like start really writing it. I love the like, way you. I love the way you said that though, because I feel like a lot of people, a lot of musicians, and I've even thought this at one point. The whole jingle writing, you know, writing for something, writing what someone wants. Mm-hmm. And people say that's selling out, or that's just you know being a slave. But it's like, look, if you don't want to do it and you do it, sure, you're, then don't. Then, then don't do it. Yeah, but you know, I want to do it. I think it's like a puzzle. If you love what you're doing, if you think it's a, another musical path for you, and you're in love with it, mm-hmm. like the way what you're the way you're presenting it. I mean, absolutely. You know, but I feel like it's so easy to to have a look down on that whole concept. Sure. Like it's a dip, different industry. It's like, it's not as creative. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Those you, people love what they do. Listen, you can, you can write your breakup songs and make people cry and have that experience and write jingles at the same time. You can do it all. You should We're do it human. All. It's multifaceted. You're a multifaceted person. Like they're just, you know, people who are scared to cry or whatever. I'm like, that's ridiculous. Like you're human. Just yeah. experience it and do it. And, if shit it's your job as a musician and if you're sad <laughs> if you're sad and you want to write the song that's just for you or not even sad you want to write a song that's just for you that um that is expressing something that you need to get out of you that's beautiful that's and authentic that's that's what, authentic that's that's, that's amazing and hopefully yeah on the other an- end it's not so specific that yeah. people can relate to it um that's where the technique of writing comes in. Right, exactly. And <laughs> that's like, and things. that's how, you know, when you're writing a song, you're not writing a poem. You're writing, it's simpler than that. You have to like make it fit. It's like. That, phrasing, reword. Right. I mean, you write a poem, you want to turn a song, you know, reword the phrasing, work on it, put you're it gonna in. You're going to have to, right. Um, it's not the same. For me, it's not the same like part of my brain even. Yeah. For song, songwriting for me is very like putting a puzzle together. So, like, I figure out what I want to write about, and then I basically figure out the structure of the song, and then, like, puzzle piece together different ideas. So, like that jing- every time? It's like that most of the times. Okay. I, I, there was only one song I've ever written after a really bad date that I just, like, wrote. You yeah. know, like... <laughs> just kind of came out of you. <laughs> it did. I was so annoyed. <laughs> um... But but that's also kind of a silly it's like a little bit of a silly song. So like the pressure was off. I wasn't trying to be fucking Bob Dylan or, you know, I wasn't trying to change anybody's life with the song. I was just pissed off at this guy. So you were were genuine. You were vulnerable. You were real, authentic. And regardless if you're trying to change the world or pissed off at a guy like that's the place it should start. Right. Right. No matter what. Right. Even if you're writing a fucking jingle. Hey, this is what I want. This is the kind of thing we're going. I was like, all right, well, how does Kate feel about this? What is Kate going to write according to what they say? Right, right. Like, my my voice part. is going to be unique. I'm going to bring my perspective to it no matter what. Like, we all yeah. have a very uh, specific set of circumstances that we've lived through. Everyone's different. Like, even even your siblings have had a different like they've been viewing everything through a different lens their whole life like um we're all watching different movies right yeah we're all watching different movies and 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 when you sit down and have discussions you realize that yeah (laughs) you're like oh we were watching the only person we were watching different movies (laughs) um but yeah i don't yeah that's the human experience 
So forgive me if this question is a little vague or too general, but on that whole topic, people often say, you know, a musical journey. You know, mm. What's your music? Like, what does that mean to you? Like, if you were to define a musical journey and, you know, sum it up for you. I know it's very, very general. Um, well, as soon as you said musical journey, my brain, like, jumped back to, like, the... I was raised Methodist and they always talked about like your like your Christian journey and your like journey with God. Um and even though I I am not there anymore. Uh I think your musical journey is very similar. It's it That's so funny. You say musical journey and then you don't really know what it means. Um it's a, it's a, you have a relationship with it. Like I have had a hard last couple of months going through a breakup and I haven't written anything. And, um, that's just, and, and you have to, and that's part of the journey. Like you have to forgive yourself for that too. Like, even if you took an unexpected break from whatever, yeah. it's like, it's okay. Just forgive yourself and move on. It's a journey. It's a, it's, it's about the, if you're not enjoying the journey, then you shouldn't be doing it. So it can't be about the destination. I learned yeah. that a couple of years ago. Yes, absolutely. Yes. When absolutely. I when I moved to LA and I wasn't famous within six months. <laughs> I <line>. Well, right, <laughs> exactly. You really have to take a step back and you're like, okay, well, do I like what I'm doing though? Like, do I like this part of it? Because this part of it is going to be this part of it for like five to ten years. Yeah. So am I cool with that? And then if you are, then yeah. <laughs> You're so on the it's journey. Like a, it's like a level of forgiveness and respect all at the same time. Yeah. It's almost like the musical journey is not necessarily just you, but you've allowed something to be at your side through everything mm -hmm. and it brings its own baggage. Yeah, it and does. That's why you're there. Because it is it for me, I feel guilty when I'm not working on it. And um so when you're not where you feel guilty because you're not pushing for what you believe in or <laughs> I've always had a hard time relaxing, <clears throat> if you can imagine. <laughs> um so when like I I have always felt guilty when I wasn't working on and 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 choosing music as a career like you can always be working on something like oh, that yeah. I have to have that clock out mentality sometimes where like after nine o'clock at night unless I'm really in a flow like I'm like okay it's time to wind so down way. and go to bed like get ready for bed um you just have to like turn it off sometimes and then also forgive yourself for not working on it i do i have to forgive myself for not working on it how do you forgive yourself it's you meditation it's usually just like a mental shift in energy for me like i'll feel myself spiraling down that way and then just like take a deep breath and be like no like i'm 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 choosing not to spiral out right now <laughs> i can choose so not to in that moment especially you know with music do you ever look back at what you have accomplished as a tool to get you out of it sometimes sometimes i i when i was making you the list of things for uh today that was really it was it was good it was nice for me to like write it like see it in black and white and like um sometimes i think about that but then that can be a slippery slope slippery slope for me too having feeling like I haven't accomplished all the things that I've wanted to accomplish yet, but it's okay. That's one of my favorite topics. One of my favorite things to think about, cause that's something we all struggle with mm -hmm. even outside of music, but you know, 
feeling like you haven't done anything, like you haven't done enough, you haven't gotten to where you want to be. And in those moments, I'm always so curious about how in each individual gets through them. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, I, I'm infamous in my own head for beating myself up, yeah. you know? And I've done a lot of work to get past that, a lot of different things. So just especially for someone like you that does so much, you know, even at that, you know, even with a schedule so busy and doing so many things, you can still get to a point where it's like, oh, I feel guilty because I'm not doing enough. Yeah, I, I think for me, it's about having good, strong friends <clears throat> around that are constantly telling you how much you've accomplished. Because it, if you are unable to tell yourself, because sometimes you are, sometimes you're just unable to like pat yourself on the back and you be like, you're doing a great job. Uh, yeah. And that's, that's another reason why you need to be playing out and like sharing your music with people because then, I mean, then if it's bad, you're getting feedback so you can improve. Feedback is feedback. <laughs> <laughs> feedback is invaluable. Um, but but also then when you're doing something great, you have people telling you you're doing something great and it makes you feel good. Not just because you're having people doing saying you're doing something great, but also because you feel like you're accomplishing something and you're like moving in the right direction. Validation. Yeah. Uh, but I have really good friends. And so whenever whenever I'm feeling down about things that I've accomplished all I have to do is mention something like that to a close friend of mine and they'll be like are you crazy girl you're crazy you do this and this and this and this and you're good yeah 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 you have to be vulnerable with people it's about the human experience I think music is a lot about the human experience and so is a lot about and so uh, you know I have friends who are comedians and actors and all of this is about the human experience so I'm surrounded by people all day that are vulnerable people emotional people uh, you found your community, yeah, which is so crucial. Which yes, is, and to me, I mean, especially as a musician, and I've talked about this before on the podcast. It's a lot of the reason why I started the podcast is a community that is missing in so many of our lives. Mm-hmm. And if we can build that community, and you know, of hey, I'm a musician, I feel these things. I'm a creative type. You know, like you said, you're hanging out with comedians and actors. Like they, they share a lot of your experiences. Mm-hmm. So when it's time to open up, people can relate to you. You know, yeah, and that's that's those that's so crucial. That community factor. Yeah, I, my first bit of advice for anyone who moves to a big, I mean, to LA specifically, because that's (laughs) the big city I chose to move to, but move somewhere in pursuit of X, Y, or Z is that you have to find your family. Yeah. Because if you don't make friends and find your family, nothing's going to keep you here when it gets hard. And it will. And it 175% will, like it guaranteed it will get hard. And if you don't have somebody to call or shoulder to cry on, I don't care who you are. I don't care how tough you are. Yeah. Um, then you won't stay. Are you kidding? This is a vulnerable industry. You're going to move in. back to where your friends were. You're going to move back to where you were, did feel safe and supported and comfortable. Which could be the deadliest thing for your right. you know, musical journey. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which could kill your musical journey. Stop it dead. So it's safe to say you're a very passionate person. Very passionate yes, about what you do. Sure. I'm the same way. I'm very <laughs> passionate. Um, so with that passion, does it ever lighten up? Does it ever like uh, feel like it's getting dim regarding a project? Like, Do you feel more... You feel that passion go away if you're doing something you're not totally crazy about as opposed to, you know, hey, I'm, you know, writing my songs. I'm crazy about this right now. Um, or is it like same across the board as long as I'm involved in the music scene or creative scene? I think the biggest p- 
passion killer for me is like a lack of respect. So if I show up to do a project and everybody, nobody's ready and we start three hours late and oh my passion is dead at that point. Like I'm just there because There's no motivation to do it anymore. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm literally just there to do the work that you hired me for at this point and fuck you guys. Um, but I would say no. I would say my passion's pretty consistent unless there's some sort of weird something like that. Yeah. Um. Yeah, music-wise, I would say, and I I haven't run into a lot of projects music-wise that were like that. It was more acting gigs. Okay. And I was like, I can't passion my way through this. <laughs> I can't passion. My- I can't. I like that statement. I can't <laughs> passion my way through this. All right, guys. There's a problem. Yeah, so that's why I shifted my focus towards music a little bit because I could kind of passion my way through it. <laughs> I felt more like it was more sustainable for me. I wasn't sitting around looking in the mirror doing Shakespearean monologues. Not that a lot of actors are doing that, but uh, I had no desire to like practice my craft, but I am always picking up my guitar, my ukulele or something, you know, like whatever's out and within yeah. reach. If I'm doing email, like whatever, like I always, every day I'm playing something. So, and that was when I was acting or. So what about the, like you talked, the, we just talked about the hard times, the struggle, like when things get hard, the the project isn't working or the recording isn't going well, the show didn't go well. Though in those times of struggle, does the passion change as well? Or is it still the passion's there? It's just. I would say my passion doesn't change when the times, when times get hard. I. What does change? If anything. I don't know the rest of the night (laughs) you know like the vibe of the night what I want to do with if the show doesn't go well then I'm less inclined to be like let's take shots and go crazy and celebrate it's like when you it's you know I went to a football school I went to Ohio State when you lose when you lose the football game on Saturday like the partying was much different on Saturday (laughs) night than when you won so it's kind of like that I I feel in and I am close with a lot of comedians I feel like they kind of are the same way it's oh, like sure. when they fucking eat a dick on stage i had a comedian on a, like <laughs> they, two three weeks yeah, ago yeah we talked about that yeah yeah like they don't want to party afterwards they just want to go home and curl into a little ball i feel like the same it's like the same thing if something goes wrong musically you just kind of want you want to spend the rest of the afternoon with netflix and it's almost like it's not necessarily the passion but the motivation kind of deteriorates it's like oh, i don't want to do anything today i'm gonna wait till tomorrow uh, get over yeah, it yeah well you need like that spiritual break you need like a little time to recover and recoup like you you just had a little you. you had a little bit of an injury <laughs> it's okay to you for uh being aware of that because that's yeah you know it's a very as simple as that sounds and obvious as it sounds it's something that people are so easy to pass up well forget about I think meditation has helped me a lot in that kind of a sphere, just being mentally aware when your yeah. emotions change. Um, and, you know, and and to forgive yourself if you don't catch it right away or whatever, but it's like every, you decide what you're, how you feel about something. Nobody else does. So you can look at it. There are a million ways to look at a painting, but... How are you looking at yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> How are you looking at it? Yeah. So, yeah, there are a million ways to deal with a situation, but how do you need to deal with it to, like, protect your emotions and your energy and, like, who you are as a person? Or or not protect, or be vulnerable, either way. But, yeah. like, I also grew up with tr- tragedy and hardship or, you know, 
I think it depends on your ch- uh, on your childhood and how you grew up too. What uh, kind of skills you learn to get through things? Yeah, like coping mechanisms. Yeah. What's healthy? What's not healthy? What works? What doesn't work? Um, people who have coasted through life don't necessarily have those tools in their tool belt and meditation can help you get there i think you don't necessarily have to have that pain i agree to like know how to deal with yourself um it's more just when the going gets rough to yourself you know but yeah yeah so i think meditation is really important in that regard because you know you have a shitty show you're gonna have another show yeah like it sucks tonight that's okay nobody showed up tonight that's okay have another whiskey soda (laughs) And go play some Zelda. I don't know. Like, that's what I do. <laughs> soda and some Zelda. <laughs> there to a song right there. Yep. <laughs> so I remember when we talked a few, we- a few weeks, a few months ago, you're talking about social media and mm-hmm. uh, someone oh, you hired. Yes. So yeah. I, I was, I'm kind of curious, you know, for me and for everyone, uh, your promotion skills, at least from my perspective, are awesome. Oh, thanks. Um, so <clears throat> I think they're terrible. <laughs> So like, do you, what, what's the promotion like for you? Like of yourself on social media and like even on stage, what's, what's promotion for you? Uh, it's always developing. I think, uh, so I did, I hired a social media manager last summer because I had extra money and it was really expensive. And you know, I got, I was, it's, what I learned through that experience hiring that person is that the clicks that you get and the streams that you get and the views or whatever don't really mean anything. They don't mean anything. They don't mean anything. So it's like they were helping me grow my Instagram and all of that stuff. And I saw numbers rising, not as fast as I wanted to. So like, what's wrong with me? Like, why isn't it, why isn't it growing faster? Like, they weren't satisfied with how it was growing and I know that. And so then it's, you know, I, it's, but I don't want to tie my identity and my music to numbers on social media. So it was like this, it was kind of an awakening for me where I went, okay, well I'm going to go to the end of this. But then from here on out, like if I'm not putting the blood, sweat and tears into it, I don't feel the same connection to it. Like I don't feel the same connection to the 8,000 followers I gained using the social media manager as I would if I would have like, as I did the first thousand, which yeah. I, which I worked hard to do by myself. Yeah, you have to, and, th- and that's that's a such a, such a key thing for you know artists and anybody, right? You know, for something like you have to put those blood, sweat, and tears, right? Like if you're not doing that, and you know someone else is, like you're already stepping away from what your you know what your voice is, what your image is, right. who you are, right? And like if you find that out, and you have something going, and you hire someone to be on board with what you're doing is different, but to hire someone to take over, you know what you know what to get you numbers. Yeah, I definitely, I can definitely see that. Yeah. And so I got the numbers cause I was thinking I was going to try to go to on tour this year and I wanted to be able to send people my social media package and have it look impressive. Yeah. But that was the thing is like, it might look impressive ish now, but it's not like more people are showing up to my shows. Yeah. So it's really for nothing. Yeah. What is it bringing your music? Right. So I thought your- I was going to get a return on my investment. Um, because now all of these people were going to be really engaged in my music and want to purchase it and yeah. be asking me about it and all this stuff. But instead, now I just have like a lot more creepy people slipping into my DMs, <laughs> sliding into the DMs. And it's and they aren't fans of my music. Yeah. So I'm kind of like, 
Okay. <laughs> well, it's also on social media, like especially with you know as musician with songs. Like, are you up there to promote your personal life, or are you wanting people to contact you about what you're you're doing? Your music. Right. Is it a music page? And if it's a music page, are mm-hmm. people talking to you about what you're doing with your life, or are they talking to you about your music career? And I've gotten a couple. You know, I wrote lyrics to a track for this person who slid into my dms um so it's like some people do reach out through instagram for projects and i kind of love that aspect of it yeah i've got a few of those it's it's very it's really cool you're like the greatest networking tool i mean it's amazing and and kathy heller had a songwriting program a couple months ago and i wrote a song with a girl who's in nashville and like just like thinking about how the internet you can write songs with anybody all over the world and how cool is that yeah uh, so I love that aspect of it, that it is a major connector for people and artists, but you still have to find those communities online, even yeah. the right Facebook groups or wherever you're going to find these people to write with. So you found it's, it's better. Promotion is better when you're doing it yourself and you're searching for it and putting yourself out there instead of someone else. Well, I just feel I, I don't maybe I just chose the wrong social media management company. I don't know that we get each other. I they work with a lot of R&B and hip hop artists and that's not me. Yeah. And there's but, a lot of image in that world. But too. vintage pop ukuleleist. Yeah. yeah, like I've like I've been able to Google a social media manager that specializes in that. <laughs> good one. Um, you know, I, so <laughs> that's probably a good sign. That you can't find one. Yeah, I mean, I guess if I can figure it out now, nah, and I did just pay a little bit of money for this uh, social media online class that maybe will teach me a couple hacks. Yeah. So I can trick some algorithms into doing what I want, uh, and we'll see how that works. It was way cheaper than hiring the manager, so yeah. I might as well give a give it a try. And uh, how do you pro- how do you promote on stage, or if if you do at all? Yeah, I I have a little. I don't know if I had it for the show that you saw me in, but I have a little chalk sign that I had because. So I spell my name C A I T L E O W, Kate Leo. Okay, when when you introduced me at the top, everyone was thinking K A T L E O. I know they were. <laughs> So it's like if I don't have my name spelled out, so I use I usually hang up a little sign with my name spelled out. Okay. Because my like website is just kateleomusic.com. Yeah. And if you know how to spell my name, links to all my social media are from my are on my website. So it's really I'll either write kateleomusic.com on the little chalkboard or just my name and hang it on the mic stand, so that if anybody takes a picture of me, they have my name written there. That's genius. Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> I like that. I stole it from somebody. It wasn't my idea. I went to goes. I went to um, one of my acoustic shows, and I don't know if they were before or after me. But they had a. It was a bigger chalkboard, and they had all their like the name of the band and all their social media written on it. But they brought out a little easel and put up this chalkboard behind them, and it looked really cute. Yeah. And like added to their vibe, and there was this cute little duo, and I was like, "You guys are fucking geniuses." Because if I take one picture of you, now I have all of your information from that chalkboard behind you. Wow. I was like, you guys are smart, and I'm going to steal it. So simple, but so genius. I stole it, yeah. It's like having your own backdrop, but you wrote your name on it. Right. Like, hey, guys, it's not a backdrop, but. Yeah. Well, because people don't. It's like, yeah, I have business cards, and like oh, people hand no you the one flyers. Wants business cards. You know, people <laughs> have the postcards and shit that they hand you at their shows, and they're like, here's my little one. Like, that's just going to live in the bottom of my purse until it gets black and brown, and I like throw it away in a handful of paper that I'm pulling out of the bottom of my purse. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's what's going to happen yeah, to it. True. 
And it's good to have those things if you're going to do a festival or you're going to a networking event and because people might keep those cards around for a while people and like aren't going to a concert. But people aren't going to, to a concert. Exactly, exactly. Um and I always ask before I give anybody my business card. I'm like, "Is it would you like a business card? Can I give this to you?" I never I'm just like shoving it in Has people's faces. Anyone ever just said no? <laughs> No, nobody's yeah, ever said no. Like <laughs> I mean, even if they don't want it, at least I got their consent. <laughs> I don't know. I, uh, yeah. It's important. It is. Consent is sexy. Um, <laughs> consent is sexy. Uh, so uh. I, yeah, but people are, always, you know, people will take pictures of you and then, and, and now your name Posted is in that picture. Story, you know, so, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's like a subtle, like, hey. Everyone's checking me out. Yeah, yeah. Well, also, if it's written down, then people can find you. Because that's the that. that's the hardest bit. Spelling I think. and figuring it out you for know. me. And and so for a while, I was thinking about going by a different name and just like and like going by a band name, even though it's just me, like Halsey or something. Yeah. Um. But I I felt like I I just like couldn't come up with anything that I liked. Well, your name's good. It's a good. It's a good. Yeah, Kate Leo good. is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's very rock and roll. Thank you. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> Great. Um, so what's the future? Do you have any, what are your, con- I guess concrete may not be the right word, but I'm going to use it. What are your concrete goals for the future? Like this. Things that have, like that, that this is a goal and it's not going to change. I'll get there somehow, but what do you want? Um, not in the whole life but, right you know, near future like you talked about the jazz trio that's something like jazz trio i want no matter what i'm gonna do it i'm gonna figure it out okay. i think that's hard it's a little difficult in la i don't know i and this well, is just me being stupid i know there is i know there is and like you so go so i just have well i just have to like show up at a fucking jazz club and start getting to know people go to the baked potato the baked potato i just need to go to the baked potato and like start talking to people and being a face um it I just takes Kirk time plays there a lot with his oh, okay yeah. uh <sighs> Other things. I, I said to my friend in, in December that I wanted to learn bass this year, but I just bought this new guitar, this beautiful new guitar. So now I'm like, mm, I'll stick to this. I think I might just polish up my guitar skills, and uh, but we'll see. That's something I would like to learn eventually. I feel like I've always been drawn to that instrument. I always have crushes on bass players. But, uh, but even when I was younger, when I started playing the violin, I really wanted to play cello, but cellos were too expensive. So I had to play the violin. And I love violin, but I, I do like that lower like resonance. I've always been drawn to that. Cello's pretty badass. Yeah, cello's totally fucking badass. It is. It's fucking ridiculous. So, I mean, not that I'm bitter or mad at my parents or anything. <laughs> <laughs> my boyfriend in high school played cello, so. Um, good steal. Good my catch. high school sweetheart. We sat across from each other in orchestra. It's very cute. <laughs> um, How to get the girl to play the cello. Exactly. Well, he also did theater. Doesn't work anymore. Yeah, he also played guitar. What are we yeah, getting? But he played the cello. Is the point? <laughs> but he played the motherfucking cello. He played the cello at my dad's wedding. What? Uh, yeah, I mean, we were still together, obviously, at that point. My dad got remarried when I was a senior, right before my senior year of high school. Your and we played Canon and D. Played the cello at your dad's wedding. Yeah, That's... well, the the four <laughs> of us played. Aaron and I played first and second violin. Did James play viola that day? I think James busted out the viola. I what a fucking badass group of kids. And then my boyfriend played cello, and we played Canon and D. While uh, I think they lit the Unity candle or something. I don't. Know. Anyway, um, you're too mesmerized by the cello. 
I was mesmerized. <laughs> he was cute. Uh, I love that. What was the question? <laughs> Your future goals. My future goals. Um, Things you have to do, you're going to do one way or another. Well, I would love to put out a full-length album. I've never done that. I did a little EP a couple of years ago by myself. I went up into the woods with a microphone and just like recorded five of my songs and then like Ooh. put that out as an EP. That's pretty badass. It was it was fun. It was fun. It, it sounds okay. Um, <laughs> it doesn't sound terrible. I just wanted something because I was going to do this music festival and I didn't really have anything. And I was like, well, I have to do something. Just go and, up the mountains and record something. Real right. Quick. And I was I was inspired by Cherry Wine by Hosier. You can hear like the birds in the background and everything. And I was just like, okay, I'm going to go do this folksy ukulele thing in the in the woods and just record it. And it's going to be great. Um, so I would like to put together like a 10 to 12 song album. I don't know if that'll happen this year. I would like to do like three singles with videos this year and then like leading up to some sort of album next year and then yeah. go on tour is kind of like, but I feel like that was kind of what I said was my goal last year. Um, not the three songs. My goal last year was to do one single and do a video and I did it by June and then didn't accomplish really much after that, uh, which was well, annoying you did, to you me. Did what you said you were going to do. So, so this year I wrote down a lot more goals because I was like, well, then if I accomplish them all, by, there's no way I can accomplish all of this by June. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Um, other goals. I, I mean, non-music related. I have a podcast called Drunk Downton that I would love to get more people involved in. It's my friend and I doing commentary on Downton Abbey episodes, oh Wasted, <laughs> uh, but it's it's educational. So educational. I pull allusions from the show to historical events and like explain them while I'm you. So yeah. So what you're supposed Holy to do shit. is like start the episode when you hear the clink, and then you listen a lot. You like watch what and listen oh, to that's, us. That's super it's a commentary. That's yeah. awesome. Well, I idea. so thank you. I, I like I thought it was a good idea. We don't have you know we have like thirty four people in our Facebook group and one hundred and six followers on Instagram. I but I I and I have a couple of my like my one friend loves it, and so I was like, okay, I just have to find all the Katies in the world, <laughs> and get this in their hands. How do I do that? So I'm trying to figure out that. Facebook ads. Right, exactly. So I'm fi- trying to figure out the Facebook ad type thing right now. I did that for like two years. So that's kind of those are some of my goals. I wanted to write a kids book this year too because one of my friends is an illustrator. He's a creative monster. Well, I just <laughs> I I think honestly the Don't Keep Your Day Job podcast was one of those things where I was like, okay, starting to listen to that, it's like music is definitely my passion and all of that, but I just kind of want to learn how to make my own money myself. I don't care if it's through a children's book or a podcast yeah. or music, but I want something I create to make money so that I don't what have do to about? do other people's work for them. Yeah. I don't want to be a cog in a machine, mm-hmm. which is why I loved Bob Dylan so much when I was 16. Um, you know what I mean? Like it, I've always been, I, I feel like I was a really good kid and I always showed up on time and always got straight A's and all that stuff. And now as an adult, it's like I didn't realize how oppressive that was to my creativity. Mm-hmm. And I never want to live like that again. Absolutely. I never want to go somewhere where I have to be there from nine to five. 
it would it would crush my spirit. Yeah, I'm right there with you. So I'm just trying to figure out some s- sort of other avenue of money. So that brings me up my uh, my final question. That's, mm-hmm. that's, I like that you said that because I wanted to ask you, and maybe this is not the right way to ask it, but it seems it does seem like you are like what are you fighting for in music or with music however you however you feel what what are you fighting for a change in the world a change in your life personally uh, a bigger connection i mean my knee jerk reaction to that uh question is that i'm fighting for people to be more vulnerable um and for people to feel something. I think there's a lot of noise and people don't get quiet and just like listen. Yeah. Uh, music almost forces that. Music forces that a little bit. And you can really change hearts and minds. Like, you know, when you hear the perfect song to the situation that you're living in at that moment and you're just like, <gasps> Like yeah. the, and that song becomes a part of your whole life. Like you yeah. always remember that exact, it's like a smell. Like it takes you back to that specific time in your life when that really, like it can even be a song that you've heard before and it's like you heard it for the first time because all of a sudden you can relate to it. Yeah, woke. Yeah, you're like, holy shit. Woke to the song. Yeah. Uh, so I guess I'm fighting for that. I think, you know, I've always than a feminist so obviously i mean fighting for equality and all of that i my music doesn't usually deal with that it, it to, on too many levels but um i but think it does in some way a solo act with a ukulele right. i mean yeah woman power man uh like i it's that's always been something really important to me. I remember one of my college boyfriends, he used to always read my um, art history papers. I was a double major in theater and art history. And oh, they damn. were always about feminist artists and like what they were doing in the past or whatever. <coughs> and I remember one time he was reading one of my papers and he was just, he said, C- can you write about something else? <laughs> no, I can't. So were you intentionally writing with that stuff or was it just natural yeah. for you? No, I mean, it's it's what I was interested in. It's what, I've, what I am interested in. Um, you. Yeah, I read The Feminine Mystique as out of choice for like a government class or something when I was 16. And I've, you know, I've always, Katerina Stratford from um, 10 Things I Hate About You was like my role model. I fucking love that character when I was in seventh grade. And she's just badass. And reads the feminine mystique and like, I don't know. Um, I want to be just like her. <laughs> I just want to be like her. I thought she was cool. Like I thought that was really cool. She was like, she was an open. She knew who she was. She was like unapologetically who she is. And I feel like I lived a lot of my life uh, to please others, please my parents, please whoever, a boyfriend, whatever. Yeah. And I've learned in my music journey and also just in my LA journey that you have to live for yourself. Uh, no matter like what sex you are. Uh, so you think music is, you know, is almost like your avenue to reaching people to get them to a state of mind or a place of more awareness and opened up and vulnerable to themselves, really, and yeah. other people as well. Yeah, yeah. I, 
you know, like I really like when people come up to me after a set and are just like, I get it. Like I, or like they, I feel like they know me better and they know themselves better. It's a beautiful relationship. Through it. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's what I'm fighting for. I fucking love that. Off the top I of my head. Lo- no, that was beautiful. <laughs> I love that. I was really, I hope, uh, I hope people really consider what you said because I mean, in a way, every time we pick up something creative, that's, we're it's it, we're doing it we're among other people at some point it's going to connect or it's not right you know and that that goal you have I, I love that I love and that. I know it's scary it should be people are are scared to be vulnerable and really get to know somebody or love somebody and that's okay that it's scary but like you have to I think music can help people get over that Fuck fear yes. a little bit well, so, yeah. before we go, do you want to, any last words, anything you want to say, share? Um, follow me on Instagram at Kaylee on Music. And C-A-I-T-L-E-O-W. Music, exactly. Music. Um, <clears throat> uh, well, anything else I want to say? Thank you for having me. Thanks for coming on. I've, I've been, been looking forward to it for weeks. Yeah, uh, I was I was so pumped to have you on here. Yeah, thank you. I I'm this was honored that you thought about me. me. <laughs> and everyone that's listening. Oh, I hope so. I hope so. Uh, yeah, follow me on Instagram. Don't ever hesitate. Don't ever hesitate to reach out. Like I love hearing people's stories. I try to emphasize that too. Like my email address through my uh, website is hello at kateleomusic.com. Like just, you know, if you want to tell me your story, I mean, I, that's how I, that's how I like to write music or whatever. It's like storytelling. So if you have something to say or you don't feel like you can talk to anybody else. You can always talk to me. <laughs> so you can reach out to me on social media. <laughs> um, also, if you are really into inappropriate drunk comedy, uh, drunk Downton and, and you like period that dramas, should pay you to like, you know, <laughs> to do it. You're going to get more people listening to it. I mean, maybe, it. well, the movie is coming out this year. There you go. You'll have to do all. Oh, so that's why episode. we're doing the podcast. Nice. Well, that's why we're doing the podcast to like, if you're going to re binge Downton Abbey, in preparation for the movie, you might as well binge it with us. Two drunk chicks. Two drunk chicks. Two super drunk chicks. Oh, I love it. Uh, the episode, two episodes ago, we were like. <laughs> Blackout. <laughs> I mean, I, that was when we might have, should have re-recorded. Uh, because afterwards, I was like, we barely got into any of the content we were supposed to get into. But that's okay. That's what the Facebook group is for. So, I love j- it. yeah, join the community if you want. Uh, but that's it. Well, for me. Leo in the studio corner. <gasps> Thank you, Thank you so much, Hag. I was happy to be here. All right. Peace out. Peace out.